Good evening, it is 5 p.m. and you're listening to Today in YGK on CFRC 101.9 FM, brought to you by CFRC's News Collective, Christina Laurie, Dinah Jansen, Erica Singh, Zayden Vergara, Katrina Johnston, and Mia Letnin. CFRC's news programming is also brought to you through the support of the local journalism initiative, Queen's University, and What'll I Wear at 732 Princess Street. I'm Christina Laurie, and here are your local news headlines. The City of Kingston's bid to evict residents of the encampment at Bell Park and around the Integrated Care Hub has returned to the courtroom this week, proceedings extending over October 30th and 31st. A rally was organized the hour prior to the beginning of court proceedings at 10 a.m. by the Kingston Encampment Support Network, an organization which came together to support encampment residents as this case has progressed. Encampment supporters, including those with organizations such as Mutual Aid Cataraqui Kingston, gathered with signs and delivered their message to the city. In an interview with CFRC leading up to the rally, Sophia Lesha with the Kingston Encampment Support Network had the following to say regarding the city's response to encampments. The Kingston Encampment Support Network has been really disappointed with the city in the way that it has handled uh, the presence of the encampment in Bell Park and other uh, people who are unhoused who have made smaller encampments or been living just in single tents across the city like over the past three years uh, since the original encampment in Bell Park formed in 2020. Um, The city is just constantly criminalized people who are unhoused uh, and discriminated against them. And while they would claim, I think, and they have claimed in the past that um, they have been using humane approaches, they have been, you know, trying to uh, work with people who are unhoused and understand their needs. Um, we we don't think and our understanding from people who are living in the encampment now is that that's not the case that you know they might come down and and talk to people in the encampment but they don't actually listen to what they need which is permanent safe affordable housing Um, a lot of people who are in the encampment they need access to the integrated care hub and the harm reduction services that they provide and none of the city's shelters even the new beds that they've invested in really meaningfully address that need and a lot of people in the encampment also don't want to be moved to a shelter bed or a transitional housing space to only be moved from there within a few months or a year. They want to be moved into a space that they can call home and stay there. LaChapelle also discussed the rally itself. The point of the rally is really just to show the city, um, the firm that's representing them and probably most importantly, the judge presiding over the case that the community is watching and that we care about our neighbors who are unhoused and what happens to them and to really, you know, push the idea that what what's at stake is more than just the fates of people who are currently living in Bell Park, but this case being one of the first of its kind in the province, could set a really important precedent in terms of what happens in other municipalities for other encampments and other people living in those encampments across the province. Um, So really, really pushing that message forward um, and yeah, just really trying to show that we, we care for 
people who are unhoused and that their rights to self-determination and adequate shelter matter for all of us. The court first heard from Will McDowell, one of the lawyers representing the city, who presented arguments with a large focus on safety concerns posed by the encampment, claiming it poses, quote, serious risks for occupants and the community, end quote. Safety and adjacent concerns associated with the site included fire hazards, vandalism of public property, drug use and sale, and even concerns of human trafficking. McDowell also described reported hostility and harassment towards Kingston police, as well as other responders, including paramedics and firefighters from encampment residents. Due to these safety concerns, it was argued that the encampment is, quote, not a place of safety, end quote, for residents, or at least not safer than alternative options. And thus clearing the encampment would not be depriving residents of safety and security. The city's representatives notably acknowledged the lack of shelter space in Kingston in comparison to the number of people experiencing homelessness in the municipality, conceding that even with the city's recent efforts to expand capacity, there is a large discrepancy between the number of spaces available and those needed. The Kingston Community Legal Clinic, representing approximately 14 encampment residents, responded, specifically addressing the lack of shelter space in the city for residents, the importance of the encampment's proximity to the integrated care hub, and barriers to accessing shelters. Representatives for encampment members once again pointed to the lack of space in local shelters, even when only discussing the approximately 35 individuals who reside at the encampment. They also discussed the barriers at various shelters which make them less accessible or appealing in comparison to the encampment, including challenges when it comes to accommodating those who would like to stick with their partner, substance use, and the issue of keeping one's belongings. Other concerns also include causing residents to be distanced from the integrated care hub and their resources, which are notably not available at other resource centers or shelters. The representative for the encampment went into detail describing the integrated care hub's uniquely prepared team of professionals and services, which are available 24-7, including the fact that they are the only safe consumption site in the city. Proceedings continue through Tuesday, October 31st. However, Justice Carter, who is overseeing the case, will be taking time to make his decision and will be receiving more materials from both legal teams. The case will continue to be discussed in the coming weeks. COVID-19 and flu shots are now available for the general public in KFLNA. COVID-19 and flu shots for the general public aged six months and older are now available in KFLNA at participating primary care offices and pharmacies. With winter around the corner, KFLNA Public Health is emphasizing the significant importance of getting a flu and updated COVID-19 vaccine. In an interview with CFRC, representatives with Public Health stated the following. We are strongly recommending that all residents in KFLA area to get vaccinated for this respiratory season. Um, both COVID-19 updated vaccines as well as flu vaccines are available for the general population starting October 30th. Um, we're recommending that people get both these vaccines in one visit to maximize their protection in uh, one visit to their uh, participating primary care office or pharmacy. The flu vaccine will maximize protection against the influenza virus, which is known to cause severe illness and result in hospitalization or even death among previously healthy children, older adults, or pregnant individuals. It is also important to stay up to date with your COVID-19 vaccines. The new XBB targeting vaccine will help to prevent severe outcomes due to COVID-19. The COVID-19 vaccine, the, the version this fall, protects against the strain that's called the XBB Omicron strain. And this more closely matches what's currently circulating uh, in our community. Representatives of Public Health also spoke to the situation in Kingston in terms of COVID-19 at the moment. Um, as of our last um, 
update on Tuesday, uh, we could see that the COVID-19 wastewater and the percent positivity was starting to stabilize. So that's a good sign. The only issue that we uh, continue to see is that our over 65s are um, uh, high, high in hospitalization right now. So it's really important that those who are over 65 and haven't um, receive their updated COVID-19 vaccine and flu shot, that it's really important to get in there and, and get that scheduled and uh, done. Once again, be sure to book your vaccine appointment with your primary care provider or pharmacy to protect yourself and your loved ones. For students on Queen's campus, be sure to visit queensu.ca to see when student wellness will be holding hours for vaccinations by walk-in and appointment. We're recommending that folks uh, follow up with their primary care provider, whether that be their doctor or their nurse practitioner, to see if they're offering these vaccines this fall, um, and at any uh, local participating pharmacy to see if they, they are um, available by appointment or by walk-in. AFLA Public Health this fall, we're, we're doing things a little bit differently. So we're offering mass clinics only to those who are 65 and over and those who are under five, uh, just to, to target two different uh, of these high risk groups this fall. So there's several other preventative measures as well, additional to immunization that people can take to protect themselves in the respiratory season. Um, so this would include uh, many things we heard throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. So staying home when sick, frequent hand washing, staying up to date with all immu uh, immunizations, coughing and sneezing into your elbow, and wearing a mask when recovering from illness or when it is right for you and the people that you interact with. And all these actions together will help protect um, yourself and your loved ones. That's all for your headlines this week. And next up is Zayden Vergara with your sports desk. Good evening, everyone. My name is Zayden Vergara, and tonight at 5:30 on CFRC Sports Overdrive, you can look forward to an update from Jesse Bell all about your Queens Gales football who have just surpassed the Ottawa GGs in the first round of OUA playoffs, 15 to 10. Moving on to play the Western Mustangs this Saturday at 4 p.m. in London. Also stay tuned for coverage of Queens Women's Rugby by Ian Donaldson recapping your OUA finals prior to the U Sports National Championship. Finally, there will be an update on Queens men's hockey, all about their weekend endeavors, as well as your Kingston Frontenacs, as there's been some interesting developments in the coaching staff. All this and more. Stay tuned at 5.30 for Sports Overdrive on CFRC, 100 years of covering Gales sports action. Now over to Erica Singh with your campus news update. Thank you, Lauren. Hello, my name is Erica Singh and here are your campus news headlines for this week. A series of anti-Semitic incidents have occurred on and off the Queen's campus, prompting a united response from the Kingston and Queen's Jewish communities. One incident reported the removal and damage of a mezuzah, a religious item, from the doorpost of a Jewish student in Leggett Hall on October 22nd. Mezazas hold cultural and spiritual significance for Jewish households. In response to this incident, students without mezazas installed them on their doorposts to express solidarity against anti-Semitism. The university has initiated an investigation into this incident in accordance with its harassment and discrimination policy. Off-campus, an 18-year-old male was arrested by the Kingston police 
in connection with a hate-motivated incident following a Kingston Jewish community rally in Market Square on October 17th. Participants leaving the rally were nearly struck by a black truck, and the police believe this incident was motivated by hate directed towards the Jewish community. The investigation into this incident is ongoing. Despite these incidents, the university expresses their commitment to addressing and countering anti-Semitism and anti-Zionism, and they encourage unity and support among the campus community. In other news, Kingston is gearing up for an extraordinary celestial event set to occur on April 8, 2024. A total solar eclipse, which is a phenomenon that only happens once every few hundred years. Local organizations, including Tourism Kingston and the City of Kingston, are joining forces to prepare for the influx of thousands of visitors expected to travel to the city to witness this rare event. The last time Kingston saw a total solar eclipse was in 1349, and the next opportunity won't come until 2399. During a total solar eclipse, the moon aligns precisely between the sun and the earth, casting its shadow upon our planet. Kingston is the path of totality for the upcoming eclipse, providing a unique opportunity to observe the cosmic spectacle. Solar eclipses have been pivotal in advancing scientific understanding, with one notable example being the verification of Albert Einstein's theory of general relativity during a solar eclipse in 1919. Dr. Robert Noble, head of the Department of Physics, Engineering, Physics, and Astronomy, is leading efforts to ensure the community can safely observe and learn from this rare event. Queens is also actively involved in educational outreach, offering eclipse-themed activities for various age groups and distributing specialized eclipse classes to promote safe viewing. Next, Queens has launched a new program funded by the Bruce Mitchell Research Program, or BMRP, to bolster high-quality research training environments and support the recruitment of new doctor trainees. The program was established with a part of the generous $30 million gift from alumnus Bruce Mitchell, aims to fund a minimum of 50 doctoral trainees. Faculty members selected to participate in the program will receive $35,000 per year per student for a four-year term for each newly recruited doctoral trainee. The application deadline for this initiative is December 15, 2023. Applications will undergo a comprehensive review by a committee consisting of representatives from the Vice Principal of Research's Portfolio, the School of Graduate Studies and Postdoctoral Affairs, and the Vice Principal of Culture, Equity, and Inclusion Portfolio. All doctoral trainees should be actively enrolled by September 25. To provide further information and support, the Vice Principal will be hosting an online information session for interested faculty on November 6th from 2 p.m. to 2.45 p.m. Details and registration information can be found on the VPR website. That's all from me today. Now over to Mia with the weather. And now it's time for your CFRC weekend weather forecast. For Wednesday, November 1st, it'll be cloudy with a 40% chance of flurries in the morning and early afternoon. At night, it'll be cloudy, becoming partly cloudy in the evening, with winds up to 15 kilometers an hour and a low of minus 3 degrees. 
Thursday, November 2nd, it'll be a mix of sun and clouds with a 30% chance of showers, a high of 8 degrees, and at night it'll be also cloudy with a 30% chance of showers and a low of 5 degrees. On Friday, November 3rd, it'll be a mix of sun and cloud again with a 30% chance of showers and a high of 9. At night, it'll be cloudy with a 40% chance of showers and a low of 8 degrees. Saturday, November 4th, it'll be cloudy with a high of 12 degrees and cloudy at night with a 40% chance of showers and a low of 6. And on Monday, November 6th, it'll be cloudy with a high of 6 degrees during the day. Check back in with us on Monday for the rest of your weekly weather forecast. This is Kat bringing you the weekly traffic report from October 27th through to November 2nd. We are first going to be starting off with road closures. On Clarence Street from Ontario to the end of Clarence, it will be closed October 30th from 7am to 5pm for a mobile crane at 185 Ontario Street. On University Avenue from Union to Earl, it will be closed December 22nd for the removal of debris from demolition and concrete deliveries at the Queen's John Dutch University Centre project. And now we're going to be moving on to other delays in the Kingston area. On Bath Road at Queen Mary, expect delays for the Utilities Kingston Nets project. On John Counter Boulevard at Montreal, expect delays October 30th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. for the City of Kingston to perform CCTV inspections. On Princess Street from Collins Bay to Bay Ridge, expect delays until November 3rd for the construction of new sidewalks and traffic signals along Princess Street. Please note that one lane of traffic will be maintained in each direction at all times on Princess Street. On Westbrook Road, Princess to Windermere, expect delays until November 3rd for the construction of new sidewalks and road rehabilitation. This was Kat bringing you the weekly traffic report from October 27th through to November 2nd. I hope you all have a lovely week. And now it's time for the CFRC Community Concert and Events Calendar for November 1st through to November 7th. Have an event you'd like to be covered on our website and news programming? Contact us via cfrc.ca today. On November 1st, come and pet Oscar, our fluffy golden retriever, St. John's Ambulance Therapy Dog, and meet his handler, John. Drop in at any point during the hour. Oscar will be at Mitchell Hall every Wednesday at noon by the Student Wellness Services Office on the main floor. On November 1st, a psychoeducational group begins with a mix of theory and practice. It is for students who want to improve their focus and decrease signs of anxiety and stress without having to spend hours in sitting meditation. During each of the weeks, you will get the opportunity to experience a variety of mindfulness exercises in an environment that allows you to ask questions and receive feedback. Regular attendance and practice is recommended to get the maximum benefits, but drop-ins are also welcome. It is from 4 to 5.30 at Mitchell Hall in the Student Wellness Services Building. Learn more at queensu.ca to register. Also on November 1st, join the Board of Kingston Pride for their annual general meeting. This is your opportunity as a member in good standing of Kingston Pride to participate in discussions, enact bylaw changes, and become a member of the board. In order to vote at the meeting, you must be a member in good standing for the 2023 to 2024 year, 30 days prior to the AGM. This meeting is from 6 to 7.45 p.m. and will be in person, but will also be available virtually on Zoom. More details are at queensu.ca. 
On November 2nd is a healthy food box pickup. Get a fresh food box that contains all the fresh produce and key ingredients to prepare a quick, easy, and healthy recipe, which makes approximately four to six servings. Note, registration will only display one week in advance to the session date. Register for fresh food box at queensu.ca, located at Queen's Health and Wellness Services in Mitchell Hall from 1 to 4 p.m. On November 2nd is the free Art Hive Art and Wellness event. Materials are provided and no prior art experience is necessary. Art making is innately therapeutic and can improve general well-being. We invite adults 16 plus to join us and explore the creative process through experimentation and play. If you are looking for guidance, Harper Johnston, an art therapist and facilitator, is on site to offer support through suggestions and encouragement. This is located at Agnes Etherington Art Center from 4 to 6 p.m. Also on November 2nd is a Spectrum of Connection by Little Pear Garden Dance Company, a Chinese traditional and contemporary dance. Book your free ticket online, by phone, or in person during box office hours. After the performance, when you are exiting the theater, you can consider giving any amount that reflects your experience that evening. Pay what you want enables more people to access live performances without financial constraints. Book tickets on kingstongrand.ca, and this event will be located at the Kingston Grand Theater from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. On November 3rd is the Recreational Run Club, a beginner and intermediate run. Meet new people if you want to start running, increase your distance, improve your time, and or simply find some running buddies. To join us for this fun, please do the following in advance. Register for this club at gogalesgo.com. You must pay a one-time $5 membership fee. You must be a current Queen's student or staff member to join. Meet at 5 p.m. at the Queen's Arc North Earl Street entrance. This is Wednesdays at 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. and Fridays 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Also on November 3rd is the Stop the Chop Party Till You Drop fundraiser gala. Dress in semi-formal attire and support No Clear Cuts Kingston and pay the expert witnesses to save the tannery site, Kingston's last urban forest from development. Live music, good eats, and a silent auction along with a virtual guest speaker David Suzuki will be there. Buy tickets at www.eventbrite.ca. On November 4th is the Market for Africa. You can shop with purpose through three rooms of goods, African crafts and baskets, handmade sand glass creations, Christmas crafts and cards, pre-loved jewelry and ladies winter wear, our sewing masterpiece, baking, art for everyone, nature food note cards, and eco products. Be sure to take a break for a coffee or tea and something sweet. Every purchase you make contributes to a brighter future for African grandmothers and their families, hard hit by the AIDS pandemic and other challenges, through the Stephen Lewis Foundation's Grandmothers to Grandmothers campaign and Help Lesotho, located at Crossroads United Church from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Also on November 4th is the Think Grad Studies Day. Learn all about the benefits of doing your grad school with an arts and science. Hear from current studies and staff, as well as Associate Dean of Graduate Studies. Mix and mingle at our catered lunch and then take a tour of Queens and Kingston. Space is limited, so what are you waiting for? Register at www.queensu.ca. This will be located at Mitchell Hall from 10.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. On November 5th is a Solidarity Swim. Are you a trans, non-binary, genderqueer, genderfluid, or any other non-cisgender person who wants a safer space to swim and also meet other students and wider trans community members? 
Join us for Solidarity Swim at the ARC pool. You can even bring a cisgender friend or loved one. It will be from 2.30 to 4 p.m. Register at queensu.ca. This event is free and open to the wider Kingston community. Is affording swimwear also a concern? We have a gender-affirming swimwear subsidy open to trans, non-binary, and other non-cisgender folk to help you locate and pay for swimwear. Please email kelmartin at queensu.ca for details. On November 6th is Death Cafe. Death Cafe aims to encourage conversation in order to help people face death and make the most of their finite lives. Join a discussion of death with no agenda, objective, or themes. This is a discussion group rather than a grief support or counseling session. Registration is also free and located at the Kingston Frontenac Public Library from 5 to 6.30 p.m. Register at www.kfpl.ca. On November 7th is the Indigenous Drumming Circle. Do you know the many benefits of drumming? In addition to community connection, drumming can improve stress management, mindfulness, motor skills, and so much more. Join the 4D team for a casual weekly drumming session. No experience is necessary, and we have instruments to share. This is only available to Indigenous students, and it is in person from 1 to 2 p.m. every Tuesday at Four Directions Indigenous Student Center. This was Kat bringing the CFRC Community Events Calendar for November 1st through to November 7th. I hope you all have a lovely week. And now it's time for the CFRC Community Concerts and Events Calendar for November 1st to November 7th. If you have an event you'd like covered on our website or news programming, contact us via cfrc.ca today. Clear Breeze playing jazz as fresh as a clear breeze for $5 at the Club RCHA on November 1st from 7 until 10 p.m. Open stage drag show at the Grad Club. Ready for the spotlight? Tickets are $5 to see local drag performed from 8 until 10 p.m. Alexander Gallant, folk singer-songwriter from Halifax, Nova Scotia, will be playing a free event at Hotel Wolf Island from 7 to 10 on November 1st. The Royal Jam, Kingston's Rockin' Open Mic Night, free at Blue Martini on November 2nd from 9pm until midnight. Chris Murphy, singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist, for $5 at the RCHA on the 2nd, beginning at 7pm. The Soul Motivators, Clear Breeze, playing instrumental jazz and groove for $25 at Hotel Wolf Island on November 2nd, doors at 6pm. The Honest Heart Collective, Long Rage Hustle, will be playing a show for $20 at the Broom Factory on November 3rd, beginning at 7pm. November 3rd is GovFest 2023 Battle of the Bands, a province-wide showcase of talent from government employees of all levels. It's a $25 event at the Buckle from 5pm until midnight, with tickets available online now. Also, Happy Hour TGIF with Jeff Dunn for free on the 3rd at the RCHA. Also, the Mill Rice will be playing Blues and Outlaw Country for $10 at the Club RCHA on November 3rd from 8 until 11 p.m. The Grand on stage presents Dean Brody at the Grand Theatre at 7 p.m. on November 3rd. Tickets are available online now for $59 to $75. November 3rd will also be Eras, the monthly dance party and drag show, a new era of music every month featuring hosts for New Away and other drag artists for $5 at Something in the Water Brewery beginning at 8 p.m. On November 4th, the Hawksley Workman celebrating the 20th anniversary of his certified goal album, Lover Slash Fighter. The event begins at 8pm at Blue Martini and tickets are $30. Tyler Brett Forks, Kingston, Ontario-based singer and songwriter, is playing for free at Hotel Wolf Island on November 4th at 7pm. 
The Ember Glows, Hallowood, Mason FM, and more will be playing the New Wave Psychedelic Rock on Saturday, November 4th at the Mansion from 9pm. Doors will open at 8 and tickets are $15. James Rice and the Top Shelf. Enjoy a great night of live music for $10 at the Royal Canadian Legion beginning at 7pm on November 4th. November 4th at 2 p.m., the Cork Sniffers are playing an afternoon of easy listening music for free at Spearhead Brewery beginning at 2 p.m. Welcome Winter, Indie Shoegaze and Post Rock Group Therapy, and a Perennial Daydream will bless the church. Uh, $15 tickets for the event at Next Church beginning at 7.30 on November 5th. November 5th, Tom's Tunes Day afternoon happy hour jam continues at the Club RCAJ on the 7th with open jam featuring Tom Savage. The show will begin at 4.30 and is free. There is two open mic nights happening on November 7th. There's one at the Royal Canadian Legion branch. It's an open mic and dance where you can bring your instruments or play a song to sing and it's $2 to get in. There's also an open mic at St. Larry's Pub that same night, presented in collaboration with the Music and Digital Media, as well as the Musicians Guild, and that one is free. Now on to your campus events. Thank you for tuning in to CFRC's local news programming. To revisit episodes of Today in YGK and hear more from some of our guests, be sure to head to our podcast network at podcast.cfrc.ca. Today in YGK is brought to you by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada, the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University Career Services, and What'll I Wear at 732 Princess Street. Be sure to stay tuned for more CFRC programming coming up next. What'll I Wear offers the best in vintage, funky, one-of-a-kind treasures, clothing, accessories, and a fabulous selection of jewels, vintage and new. Find the cutest purse, the most dashing of hats, and sunglasses. Everything to complete your individual look. What'll I Wear has it all. They can dress you from top to bottom. Find your new fashion fave at What'll I Wear at 732 Princess Street in Kingston. Visit their new location and follow them on Facebook to keep up to date with what's in store at What'll I Wear. 